Welcome to the First Fight Podcast, Episode 1. Our first guest is a living legend. I'm a huge fan, and if you know anything about fighting, you've heard the name John Wayne Parr. He is also our first remote guest. So please excuse the poor audio quality. We're still working out the kinks with remote guests. However, I would never scrap an interview with a great like him. I really enjoyed the interview, of course, with his career and how much time he's been in it. He has a lot to say. So without further ado, on to the interview. You started fighting pretty young, younger than most. Um, you were 14 years? Uh, yes, my first kickboxing fight was 14. Uh, I had uh, a few tournaments in Taekwondo when I was 11. And then luckily, uh, well not luckily, but at the time it was really devastating, but the Taekwondo school that I was training at, they closed down and the kickboxing started about six months later. So very fortunate to uh, to follow the kickboxing route and yeah, I've never looked back. So um, were your parents encouraging of you getting involved in competing? Uh, at the start, uh, I was mainly through television. Uh, my parents were, my dad was a horse jockey and my mum trained horses. Uh, so that they had no fight nothing there it was just a pure passion of watching the the monkey magic on tv and watching movies like the karate kid and van damme uh and that inspired me to want to be a martial artist in some form uh so yeah and then it just happened we we moved houses a lot and when we moved to a place called brisbane there was a, a taekwondo school that was only walking distance from our house so i started doing taekwondo for about a year and a half and then when that closed down uh then i the kickboxing moved into the very same hall about six months later. So I thought, oh, I'll give this a go. It's not Taekwondo, but I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll see what it's like. And then from the very first class, I thought, oh, this is amazing. This is even better than Taekwondo. I, I, this is what I want to do forever. So, yeah. And then the, the opportunity came to fight um, a year later. Uh, I was very nervous and very scared. But, uh, yeah, I uh, got the chance to get in there and have a go and uh, never looked back. Did someone kind of push you to fight for the first time or was it something that you wanted to do on your own i definitely really wanted to do it uh in the back of my head even as a 14 year old boy i knew the only way that i was gonna eventually be a world champion was to get in there and actually compete um on the on the night though i, I was very nervous i was uh having second thoughts i even asked my trainer at one stage do you think it's too late now if i pulled out <laughs> and he said yeah i had my shorts on gloves on and he said definitely too late uh, so I feel like it's uh, being on a roller coaster and you're already at the top and you just gotta stay on. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, so I, I hadn't seen my opponent. Um, there was there was no weigh-in, uh, no official weigh-in anyway. So it was just rock up and fight. So I was only in grade ten at school, and that was on a Thursday night. I remember it was the Thursday night. Uh, I got to the venue. Um, I, I, he must have weighed in the, the, a couple of hours before or something. So I, I weighed in night of the fight, weighed in at 54 and a half kilos. I'm not sure what that is in pounds. And um, a few hours later, uh, they've called my name. I've, my song's come on. I walked to the ring. Uh, I got into the ring as a very nervous 14 year old, <laughs> and then and then I seen my opponent for the very first time. So I was 14. He must have been 15. And uh, I had a little 14-year-old body with no no muscle features, and my opponent had a, a, a six-pack, and he also had a 15-year-old teenage moustache. 
I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my god, he's a man. I'm fighting a man. Yeah. Uh, and he was two and zero in the uh, in the ring already, and I was I was only a beginner, so he had a little bit more experience. He'd been there before. Yeah. Uh, I'd watched I'd watched a lot of Van Dam, so I thought head kicks were the fashion. <laughs> so every, every kick I was throwing was a head kick, head kick, head kick, and my opponent. Uh, he just kept the basic. He was just um, setting up uh, leg kicks. He'd come in with the hands and finish with the leg kicks, trying to take out my legs, uh, which I found was quite painful by halfway through the second round. Uh, I managed to weather the storm, though. Um, got all the way to the end of the third. Uh, I was uh, My opponent was declared the winner, but at the same time, I, I think I fought brave enough that um, as I was walking back to the change room, somebody in the crowd, they... They cheered, oh, way to go, Wayne, congratulations. And then everyone else started cheering. So the whole room was, a, um, yeah, like a, a, a little a little applause. And that, that really put the, the wind in my sails. I felt like yeah. I'd, I'd won a world title. Even though, I was my, even though I was a loss, I still felt like I'd won just because I had the crowd on my side. Um, and that, that was, from that moment, I remember this was, this is the greatest memory that I've ever had. I've, I really want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, even though I lost, I want to go out there and even perform better again. Now that I've done it once, I know what to expect next time. So I'm going to pour all my energy into becoming the best kickboxer I could possibly be. So it definitely changed my life. So yeah, that answers another question I was going to ask. That was the moment that you knew that was for you. Oh, for sure. Um, just the, the adrenaline, the just having all eyes on me for that for those three rounds, um, and and to be. That a crowd appreciation at the end of it to get a, a round of applause was um, really sealed the deal. It was like uh, I'm addicted to the applause. Well, that's kind of one reason why I like doing these interviews is that people put fighters on such a pedestal. I feel like they kind of worship them. It's such a alpha thing to do, and I really like showing kind of the vulnerability behind it all. Like. Even you, someone who has this long storied career, you had your first time that you did it, and you, I'm sure, were scared like most people are their first time. Yes, definitely. Do you still get the same kind of nerves, or is it different now? Oh, it's definitely a lot different now. Uh, it's it's a very controlled emotion. Uh, I don't let the boogeyman um, affect me anymore. Uh, we, if, if I'm fighting a Yotzing Lai or a, or a Boar Cow or somebody of that nature, um, I still get uh, a little bit nervous, but I, I try and channel my energy into all my positives, all my strengths. Um, I know that I'm fit. I, I know that my technique's strong. I know that I have a uh, a, a will to win, uh, and I know that I'm getting paid. So <laughs> having that, having that uh, <laughs> at the end of it, knowing no matter what happens, even if I go to hospital, at least I'm going to have a, some money in the bank the next day. So that definitely helps it make it worthwhile. And that kind of brings me to another question. You've managed to do this longer than most people, and your family does it, um, your daughter as well, and your son too? Yes. How? And, and my wife, my, my wife was and your a wife. two-time world champion as well. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, how do you manage? I mean, obviously you're successful with it, but how do you manage to continue making a living doing in art, what you love, and were there times where you thought maybe you weren't able to do that? You wouldn't be able to provide doing that? Uh, I've, yeah, I've always had a, a, a passion since, I, like I was saying, since I could pretty much walk. 
that I wanted to be the best of the best. Um, and uh, it's almost like trying to climb Everest, but there is no there is no summit. You just keep climbing mm-hmm. and climbing and climbing. And then every now and again you stop and you look down and you see how far you've come. But then you look up and there's still so far to go. I, I just I believe, even though with all the credentials behind me, I, there's so many, so many more things I'd, I'd, I'd love to achieve. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it just it just feels like it's never enough to secure that legacy. Every, every fight counts. Yeah. Um, and there has so, been a time where you retired briefly. Yes. Uh, 2012, I just got to the stage where I, I felt I, I was almost bored. Um, I was bored doing the same runs, the same pads, the same training day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't until I had that little break that I realized that um, – why I was training and why I was fighting is because of the, the pure joy of how much I loved it. Not just because I had to do it anymore; it's because I, I, I love doing it. Yeah. And then since I've been since I've been back again, it's um it's reignited that fuel again. That's like yeah, well, I don't want to get a normal job. I don't want to I don't want to mm-hmm. lift bricks and I don't want to wash dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I can get a a payday from entertaining the crowd with something that I'm good at, uh, I, I want to try and ride that wave for as long as I can. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I think the fans and people, they only see maybe 1% of what really goes into it, and everything else is a grind, you know. It's not as glamorous as what people think. So it's, I think, a really tough business and really easy to like, get in that love-hate relationship with it. Yes. Do you ever get in that to that point where you you hated it or has your love for it always kind of uh, shown sure. when i was in thailand i lived there for a long time and then uh the training would train three hours in the morning three and a half hours at night uh and then every day you're expected to train harder than you did yesterday uh so you'd have like let's just say a six-week camp and by week four week five you're, you're just um totally exhausted your body sore uh, you don't want to see the tie pads anymore. You're you're overtraining, mm-hmm. but then you have you have, and it's like ah, uh, this is it. After this fight, I'm gonna go back to Australia. I'm I'm done. But then you have the fight. You have the win. You fought on TV. Um, you're in the magazines. You're in the newspaper, and then and then it's like yes, you you you've achieved that little bit of fame for that mm-hmm. that one fight. That might be only for a day or for a few days. Um, plus you have that adrenaline dump that you get to. Yeah, enjoy for the, a week or so. That uh, that makes it all worthwhile as well. And then it's time to get back into the gym and time to start training again. And then you get to about that fourth or fifth week, and it's like, ah, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm so over this. I'm going to go back to Australia. You know, it's just this vicious cycle that I was living from fight to fight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ended up lasting um, four years before I had an, an infection in my shin, where I had to end up uh, going home to Australia. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realised uh, I'm not a Thai. It's time to be an Aussie again. Well, it's definitely a, a different way of training there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, 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 they have no uh, idea of longevity either. Their idea is train uh, six, seven days a week as mm. hard as you can every day, every day. If mm-hmm. you have an injury, if you have a sore leg, just don't kick with that leg. Yeah, just use the knee instead of kicking. Or if you have a sore hand, change it to an elbow. Uh, and because you live at the camp, you can't hide. Even on your day off, you're still there. You, you can't turn off mm. uh, 
we're, we're in Australia. We have days off. We, we can rejuvenate. We can go to pools. We can get massages. We can uh, see a nutritionist. Um, there's a bit of more science involved behind the, the sport instead of just caveman style of just uh, hit things uh, <laughs> as much as Run you can. forever. <laughs> Run forever, Bag yeah. work all the time. I Yeah, I think a lot of people glorify that that way of training, but I think that way of training kind of comes out of a necessity. I think longevity, if you're a professional here, is you value recovery more and quality training over just straight up wearing your body out. <laughs> training seven days a week was um, a real test because you you get to Saturday afternoon, you had your session, and in the back of your mind, you know you have to train again the next day. And then you train Sunday, and then Monday comes along, and you go, well, there goes my window mm. opportunity to have a, a small break. Now I've got another six, seven days ahead of me. It may be I might get the next Sunday off, and it's just so tiring. Um, and your body just wants to give out. It, it can't maintain the, the, the crazy Mm-mm. day in, day out like that. So, and then in Australia, it's so much more relaxed. I'm my own boss here. I don't have a coach. I, I, I train myself with my friends. Mm. And, uh, yeah, if I want a day off, I can have a day off. And no one's going to yell at me. No one's going <laughs> to, yeah, it's good. Well, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard fighting when you're, you're feeling pushed by someone else. I think you have to push yourself. Yes. Because that's, yes, that's ultimately who's out there keeping you going, you know. I think heart goes a long way, which is something I think you show a lot of obviously in all your fights and with your lifestyle continuing to do it all these years yeah now how do you feel um about your daughter competing are you more proud than you've ever been yeah it's amazing she um she loves it with all her heart she she packs her training gear in her school bag so by the time she finishes school she's packed and ready to go so um and she has a little um, social club at the gym where they all train and train together, uh, run, do pads, spar, uh, and then they just hang out and go to the movies and, and they're all best mates. So it's, it's not just about the, mm-hmm. the training, it's about the lifestyle. Totally. She loves the lifestyle. And then and then the about two months ago or so, we had the opportunity to have our first international fight in England. So we jumped on the, tr- on the, on the plane for 30 hours we got the got the fight, got the win, brought the belt home to Australia, and for the first time, she got the experience of, of carrying her own belt yeah. through an international international airport and having all eyes on her, where people <laughs> come up and ask for photos and say, for for a little girl that's fourteen year old to to be put in that position is it, such a crazy and very cool lifetime memory, that, and especially as a father to spend oh, yeah. all the time with, with with me and her for that for that whole week in the lead up. It's definitely a very cherished memory that I'll carry forever to the grave. Well, it's not many people get to experience that, and that's amazing that you were able to pass along that passion to her. And like you said, it it is the lifestyle. It's not just about the fighting. I always encourage people to just try some martial arts. They don't have to compete, but just as an adult, I think it's so important to have a positive hobby healthy hobby most people yes. just want to go drinking or i don't know yeah. watch tv or yeah. whatever yeah i 
I definitely want to be an ambassador for martial arts, not just Muay Thai um, or mm-hmm. just, uh, martial arts in general. I think people, if they, can, if they can get out of the house for a, for an hour, a couple of times a week, um, put down the tele, put down the phone, turn off the TV, uh, and just move, move the body, uh, and then see yourself uh, expanding. So you might only kick. You might only kick 10 times a day, but mm-hmm. then next time you go to the gym, you might pump out 20. And next time you go in, you might pump out 25. So every time that you, you come into the gym, you're uh, you're achieving something that you didn't you didn't think you could do the day before. And exactly. it's such an, a rewarding feeling knowing that you can, whatever you put your mind to, you can achieve. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a not just physical, but it's also mental and, and positive. It's, it's positive in so many aspects. Completely. I mean, I... I lost my first fight as well, but I was so happy that I was able to do it, and I didn't think I would ever do it, and I love teaching people that, just putting them in that position where they're doing something they didn't think they could do, whether it's just something as simple as a head kick or, you know, basic things. I think you, like, condition yourself to start pushing yourself in other areas. Now, you and your wife have a gym. My fiance is he fights in the UFC, and we plan on having a gym in the future. What would you? What would be the number one tip you would give us? Uh, be as friendly to your students as possible. So every every student is like your your new best friend. Mm-hmm. So if you show them love, um, they'll give you love back. So um, instead of walking around like like I'm more superior than mm-hmm. you, it's like now you're just friends having fun. Uh, I I like to make jokes and I like to keep it as casual as possible. And then I, I help, of course, with technique and at the same at the same time. But at, I also want people to have fun. It's not it's not about all right, you, whatever I do, you must whatever I say, you must do. Mm-hmm. It's like let, let's have fun together and I'm going to help you in the best possible way to make you be as awesome as possible and while, while we're having fun well you do a pretty good job of it you're one of my favorite Instagram accounts to follow hey. <laughs> oh, and I've listened <laughs> to um, other podcasts of you and when I was thinking of different topics to discuss passion just popped out at me because you can just hear in the in your voice when you're talking about it how much you love it and I think that's an inspiration, especially looking at how long you've done this. Because, like I said, it is a it's a heartbreaking business to be a part of, and it it wears on you. And to see someone that can do it so long with such a storied career is really impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it definitely. It's I I couldn't. I I feel like there's something missing in my life if I didn't have martial arts. It's mm-hmm. uh it's consumed me. Where it's got to the stage where if I'm not training it, I'm at least thinking about it, and then uh, it's also amazing when you get the opportunity to, to mold new fighters. So they came into the gym with no expectations of what they can do. They don't know how to keep their hands up, and then you show them how to punch, you show them how to kick, you show them how to go through combinations, you show them how to hit pads, um, and then say four to six months later, they have their first fight and they get their win. And then it feels like yeah, you've won with with mm-hmm. them. Uh, the 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 joy and how how a single fight can be a, a life changing 
uh, achievement for not only for, for, for themselves again now they've, they have this new uh, confidence within themselves so what, uh, whatever they do whether it be a sport or even in their job now they know that they can achieve what they want to achieve so yeah I think it, it's a it's a magical moment to be part of the process oh yeah I mean that's my favorite part of it all is the platform to help other people and inspire other people which you've done plenty of um, I guess my last question is what would you say is the biggest gift fighting and martial arts has given you in your life? Uh, the opportunity to travel the world. Uh, so, so when the promoter rings up, they'll say, "Hey, um, we have a promotion on this date. It's in this country against this guy, and we're going to give you this much money." So they pay for the airfare, they pay for accommodation, um, hopefully they pay for your food, uh, and then if you're very lucky, you might have two or three days after the fight to be a tourist so not only do you get to go over there and, and do some work but you also get to see uh, other uh, lifestyles and cultures and experience uh, yeah another another uh, country that you would never possibly get to do if you're in a normal job so it's such a yeah such a cool thing to and have people come up to you that are from totally different parts of the world come up and shake your hand and ask for a photo it's like I don't even believe you know who I am. <laughs> and they go, oh yeah, we've been following you for years. It's like, oh my crap. Yeah, it's really, it's it's so so humbling to have a a good reputation all around the world. It's so nice. It's a dream, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's nice to be respected. Well, John, I respect you, and I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk with me and share your story and. Maybe someday I'll be in Australia and get to... Your daughter will be bigger. <laughs> we can yeah. have a sparring partner. So, so, so my winter is your summer. So if everyone want to escape your winter, come down to Australia and come and swim in our oceans. There we go. It's a beautiful place. <laughs>